Hey y'all, spoilers ahead. I'm Nikki. I'm Laura. And this is Breakdown from the Couch. Yep, this is going to be episode uh, four, and we're going to break down Amityville Horror. Yep. The original. The original. Amityville Horror, 1979. So I found this on Google Play for rent. I believe it was like $3.99. This is the supposed true story about George and Kathleen Lutz, whose dream house turns into a nightmare. James Brolin and Margot Kidder are the unsuspecting new tenants of a house whose previous occupants had been murdered in their sleep. The Lutzes and their children are menaced by the lingering evil in this frightening ghost story. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you are a huge fan of the original. I'd actually never seen it. See, and that kind of surprised me because I know you like scary movies too. I love scary movies. I saw the Ryan Reynolds before I saw any of the others. Yeah. You don't have a very high opinion of the remake, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, this actually turned out to be better than I anticipated for being as old as it was. Right. Because you know how movies are now. Yeah. It's like CGI. There's just so much more visual technology out there. Exactly. Than there was in 1979. So, you know, the horror movies then really had to lean on that building suspense, that creeping you out. Exactly. And then... I think that's what I liked about it, though, because back yeah. then they also didn't... I mean, I don't mind watching a gory movie now and then, you know? Right. But it's nice to watch a scary movie and not have it be, like, blood. And, and not be gross. Exactly. Yeah. And see, I'm okay. I'm good in, in horror movies. I'm good with gore as long as there's a point. Yeah, that's true. If it's just, like, gore hound, I get bored really easy. Because right. there's only so much splashing blood you can look at and be like, oh my god. Exactly. Um... What surprised me the most, this thing pulled out a jump scare for me. Really? I jumped at one point, and we'll get there. We'll okay. talk about it. Okay. So, shall we begin with the opening scene and the opening credits? Yes. Because I think that's where it really actually starts. It's not even when yep. the scenes start, it's that theme song in the front. Oh, yeah. It's that creepy kid carnival thing. Yep. Culture Guys did a really good job of kind of the same thing. They take what, yep. a harmless sounding tune. And really, if you think about it, the Exorcist kind of did too, with the tubular bells. They were a bit more intense, but this was that like light, airy type thing. Yeah. And but that undertone is mm -hmm. like they took an innocent tune and Pennywise that shit. Uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So I really I dug that. Right. So. Well, yeah, they they start with the scary mu music and it mm -hmm. focuses on the house. Yeah. And the windows and stuff like that that they focus on, like. The actual the house. Yeah. Those windows were a focal point. That was also true of the original house. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you know, it's kind of early, I guess, for facts. But because the uh, windows became so famous and stuff like that after mm -hmm. the book and the movie and everything like that, the owners ended up having to take them out and replacing them with just boring windows. Because, because everybody knew exactly what house Exactly. Was. Yeah. And I so, believe that completely. Mm -hmm. So it actually leads straight into like creepy music and then the original crime. Right. Uh, shows, I guess, who they're portraying is Ronnie DeFeo. Yep, Ronnie DeFeo Jr. Mm -hmm. Which I thought it was interesting how throughout the whole movie they never mentioned like the the family's name or anything. They, that's true. They never actually mentioned the original family's and name, I, but we all know who it is. Well, yeah. But There's I kind no copyright of, or licensing issues. Everybody knows. Yeah, but you would think that they still would have mentioned it. Back then, they may not have been able to. Yeah. 
you know. Because, like, even, because that's just it. So they show him, and he's going through each of the bedrooms and shooting, you know, brothers, sisters, mm-hmm. parents. So each, you know, with a shotgun. Right. So <laughs> something I thought was really interesting, mm-hmm. and I Googled it to see if it was accurate. Right. The sound of a shotgun is shot inside a house. You can hear it all over the house. Right. The actual crime. He used a shotgun on all of his family members. Nobody woke up. I know. And I always, because I'm a big true crime person myself. And so I had always wondered about that too. Like, because they found. A lot of people lean towards that supernatural. Yeah. Because that's just it. It's like everybody was found in their beds. Mm -hmm. Almost like nothing had happened. Like you would think if you heard a shotgun coming from like your parents' bedroom, you would try to hide in a closet or Something. something. Yeah. To try and get away. So that's why I think it really lends credence yeah. for those who believe in this kind of stuff that it there was a supernatural element. Okay. So, but they actually portrayed that in the opening sequence. Right. So I thought that was really cool. And then they give like a little, you know, again, they don't mention, you know, his Names name. is like 13 months later. Well, no, they... Or something. No, at first they said, you know, that a man killed his, you know, mom, dad... And brothers and sisters. Yeah. So they they put like a little almost title card type thing just to kind of like let you know. I guess that was almost yeah. their way of saying based on a true story without saying based, based on, on a true, true story. story. Yeah. And then the investigator, I don't know if he was a detective or a sergeant or right. whatever, but he's the one that arrives on the scene when the first family. Yeah. Is the murdered. De, the DeFeo family, basically. When the DeFeo family is murdered. Yep. And they kind of, they bring him back later in the film as well. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Then we hop into that 13th month yeah. later. This realtor. Right. I kind of feel bad for her because <laughs> you know. Oh, she like, wants to get rid of this house she, so damn bad. She wants this house off her docket. Yeah. She probably did something. I think she maybe either did something that got her in trouble and got her the house or she was like, hmm. watch me, I can sell anything. Right. And then she's had this house for a year. Yeah. For over a year because nobody wants it. Yeah. And so. I can't say I blame those people. I don't want that house. No, not even a little bit. Mm-mm. There's, there's reasons behind yeah. why you don't do that kind of shit. Right. <laughs> so. Okay, so she is, look at this room is gorgeous. Look at that room is gorgeous. And I'm sorry, even for 1979, that house was a dump. It was. It was big and it was like spacious and the architecture was nice but it was filthy well i mean but it hadn't been like lived in for a year though that's true so i can forgive that that's you know credence to authenticity yeah (laughs) yeah like i'm enough of a clean freak to be like ew yeah i wouldn't touch anything there exactly and so we're introduced to uh kathy uh (laughs) sorry kathy and george lutz yep and they're newlyweds Mm -hmm. basically and I thought it was kind of funny whenever the uh, realtor, you know, was going through each of the bedrooms, like, oh, this would be, you know, this would be great, you know, for whenever you guys... A nursery. Yeah, a nursery, mm-hmm. whenever you guys have kids, and they point out, well, we already have two boys and a girl. And, and the realtor was scandalous. Yeah, exactly. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously, you know, the wife was divorced at one point and had kids, you know. And they remarried. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of sweet that at one point George was like, you know, we'd feel more like a family if they'd stop calling me George and start calling me dad. But at least they don't call me Mr. Lutz anymore. Right. It's like, damn. (laughs) I did like that. Yeah. Now, 
my first reaction when I saw them as a couple on the screen was, holy shit, that is a young James Bromwin. Like, that that shook me for a minute because I've been watching Life in Pieces. It's one oh, of my mom's favorite yeah, shows. Yeah. So I see him on the screen and I'm like, wait, he had brown hair? I know, right? Like, he wasn't always salt and peppered? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's so. so funny because, like, I was watching this because I used to be, like, a big, like, Little House on the Prairie fan. Okay. With, like, Michael Landon and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I was like, I knew it wasn't Michael Landon. I knew it was James Brolin. But I was like, damn, he kind of looks like Michael Landon. It's the <laughs> From... 70s hair. Yeah, that's true. And the beard. <laughs> the hair and the beard. And You throw, like, brown hair, brown, you know, beard yeah. on a dude, you can barely tell him apart. That's true. Well, that's just it. Like, any time that I see James Brolin in this movie, and you know my brother-in-law. He looks like my brother-in-law. He does. Whenever he had, like, the longer hair and the longer beard and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Before he cleaned up for family portraits. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So what I also thought was interesting is before they move in, when they're putting the offer on the house, they know about the murder. So they knew about it, and they did it anyway. And it's they're like, oh, you know, it's $80,000, which I don't know how much that would have, you know, like, translated, you know. A lot. Yeah. But they were, you know, and it, I, it sounded funny because to me it sounded like they knew they would be upside down anyway. So people have died, not only died, but been murdered, murdered. in your home. So this yeah. this wasn't like a peaceful floating away right. surrounded by friends and family. Exactly. Uh, and you know, once you get in, you're not going to be able to get out of it. Um, so then it, they decide they're going to get the house. Yep. It's what, like a month later and they're, like, I guess, moving in? Yeah, they're moving in. And then... Okay. So, yeah, they're moving in, and and they decide, you know, their kids are outside playing. Everybody's having a grand old time. Right. Mom and dad are unpacking. Unpacking. Because that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> and so they decide to go out and join their kids. Well, whenever they go out to, you know, join their kids, the priest shows up, mm-hmm. and he decides to do, you know, he's going to go in, and he's going to, you know, bless the house, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And right before that, they put the cross up in front of that right. window, remember? Yep. Okay. And that'll come back later. Well, yeah. But anyway, what bothered me, though, so the priest shows up. You know, he's calling for, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Lutz. Yeah. He hears laughing from upstairs. Yeah. But see, he goes upstairs, and I'm like, okay, but nobody, like, really, like, let you in the house. Why are you going into my house? <laughs> Intruder. Pretty much. It's Intruder like, alert. You're, yeah, it's like, don't don't be going into people's houses when they're not, like, letting you in. Right? I mean, technically they were home, but it's like, they were not home. What are you doing? Yeah. You and know? so they show they show the Lutzes they're off on the boat because they have, mm-hmm. like, a little boathouse back there. You know, I mean, they're having true. a grand old time. The priest was one kicked-in door away from a and e Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so, sorry. Lutzes are in the boat, and like you said, they're just kind of hanging out. Yeah. And you can see that even though... Like, maybe George isn't the biological dad. They're all really kind of in this tight-knit little unit. Right. Yeah. And um, so, the priest is up there, uh-huh. and that's whenever shit actually starts. Yeah, the house has its first, well, first live victim that exactly. we see. It's like it, it like attacks him. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so, he's up there, and all of a sudden, all these mosquitoes and bugs... Flies, babe. Flies. Same difference. I don't give a shit. (laughs) It's all the same. insect of the gross variety. Yeah, they're all, they all (laughs) suck. Okay. They all need to go back to hell. Okay. So he's like sworn by bugs and then you find out he's also like super sick. Very sick. Yeah. Yeah. So he's very sick. 
he ends up running out of the house and they never even knew he was there. Exactly. They find out later that yeah. he supposedly had been there. They find out like yeah. a few days then, like, later. I don't think they ever find out he actually was in the house. Right. I think it was, no, he left and uh, to go to your house. Right. And then when he came back, he was really sick. He was very sick, yeah. But they're like, no, he was never here. Yeah. Well, that's because he didn't knock on the door and you didn't let him in. Yeah, he exactly. Just kind of, like I said. Yeah, he just like let himself in, which that yeah. would have pissed me off. It's like, don't come into my house. It's also a different time. I know. So I can kind of get it because... You know, this may have been back in the day where people didn't lock their doors. Oh, I know. That's so, probably true. Yeah. Uh, the next scene we get to, after we find out the priest gets away alive, because I was wondering for a minute if he was yeah. going to be, like, the first casualty in the film. Right. After the DeFeo family. Yeah. Uh, he leaves, he's violently ill, and he it just shows him, I think, just driving away. Right. And then it cuts to, I guess, what, like, the next... No, like, later that night or the yeah. next day... Why is everybody wearing matching plaid? Did you notice I, that? Yeah, I don't know if that was just. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was just a thing back then. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if it was a thing or if maybe like the costume department just got a really great deal on the same pattern. <laughs> maybe <laughs> it was the same colors. It was the same pattern. This it's just the different size squares. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, and then the first kind of odd thing happens with the family itself. You find out the daughter's like sleeping in a box. Yeah. It's like, where did you live before you moved into this house? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> is that whenever we meet Jody? Her, her. Uh... Not yet. Okay. This is where she's talking about her doll. Oh yeah. So they, they get there, and you know, Margot, Kathy, yeah, is you know getting ready to pick up her daughter and take her upstairs. Well, George does it for her. Yeah. He walks in, puts her in bed, and shuts the window. Right. This is where that she damn window. Getting creepy yeah. With me. And then, like, kisses her on her head, makes sure she has her doll. And then he goes back downstairs. Right. And he's feeling sick. Yeah. It's like the beginning for him. That's what that that's the part where never uh, he you know he feels like it's so cold and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like he can't get warm. He can't get warm, even though it says that it's like seventy degrees, but he's like it feels you know. He looks like he's shivering. Yeah, it's yeah. like he he says like God, it feels you know it's like below freezing in here. Mm-hmm. He's like it says seventy, it feels thirty. Right. And then I'm sitting here going, dude, get a sweater. It's the seventy. <laughs> Everything is knitted. I know, right? Um. So, uh, then it cuts to, you find out the priest is still sick. Right. He's, like, back to his own rectory, and now he's, like, washing up, and he's, you know, trying to wash his face, and he sees that his hand is, was it burned? It almost looked, yeah, it almost looked like there was, like, blisters. Okay, I thought it was either, like, a burn or maybe some kind of, I mean, it probably was oil or a lesion. Right. I think it was meant to be a burn. I think it was meant to be a burn that had turned into, like, a blister. Yeah, and it was all over the palm of his hand. Right. Okay. So, he's freaking out. So, he kind of takes care of his hand, and then the next scene is they're back at the house. Mm -hmm. George is still freezing. Right. And Kathy tells him, I think there's a draft coming up from the basement. Right. Which makes sense. It makes sense, but you know. the moviegoer mind in me says, when <laughs> does good shit ever happen in the basement? Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. none of that stuff is ever a good thing for anybody. So, George goes down, and he's, like, trying to figure out where this stuff is, like, where the draft is coming from. And 
one of the little boys follows him down, and it almost looked to me like the kid was pushed. Yeah. Because that, and I kind of give props to the actor. Mm -hmm. Those arms went, like, straight up in a saving of Jesus, (laughs) and then he went flying down the stairs. Exactly. I'm trying to remember. Are we at the part whenever he walks in on the wife, and she's, like... Practicing her ballet? Yeah. I was like, what the hell is this? I'm looking at my notes as Matt falls down the basement stairs, and then sexy time. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so, he sees, and she's, like, you see a lot of, like, side boobs. For 79, boob. that was pretty yeah. actual, yeah. yeah, fairly graphic for 1979. Right, because you see, like, she's wearing, like... This little nighty-looking thing. It's not even really a nighty. It almost looks just like an unbuttoned shirt mm-hmm. that's, like, showing, like, side boob. Yeah. Like, a lot of side boob, and she's in, like, these, like, skippy panties, and, yeah, for some reason, she's doing, like... One leg warmer that goes from her ankle to, like, almost her (laughs) mid-thigh. Yeah, it's like, okay, and, yeah, she's doing almost, like, weird, like, ballet stretches. And so, of course... Yeah, I guess, you know, you do you, and... Right. And so, yeah, of course, you know, James Rowland wants to tap that. Naturally. Right. And And so... They are married, so... Sure enough, they start going at it. Again, fairly graphic for 1979. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know back then they probably showed more nudity, but the act itself. Yeah. They didn't really show a whole lot of anything. Right. But, it was mostly a lot of kissing. They didn't really yeah. show, it's not like they really showed any, like, thrusting. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. I wasn't going to say it like that, <laughs> but okay. Since yeah. you did, yes. Yes. And then, of course, they get interrupted. It's like, damn it. Amy, yeah, and her creepy ass little doll. Yeah, fucking Amy. Did she even say anything when she opened the door? Or she just no, she just swung that door yeah. open, rubbing her eyes. Yeah, and he's no, and mom's the one that gets up at right. this time. Thank God, because if mommy and daddy are going at it, nobody yeah. wants your little girl attempt. Exactly. And she takes her back to bed, tucks her back in, and closes the window again. Yeah, you guys got to just keep the damn window shut, guys. They did, sh- they, every scene that they go into that bedroom, somebody closes the window. Right. So it's constantly, like, thrown open, and that's unforgivable. Turn the sound off. Do what? <laughs> Turn your sound off Sorry. on your phone. <laughs> Wes, your woman needs to check her phone. Did she do this in the movie theaters to you? All right. And then something else I noticed is the rocking chair starts moving. That's like the next yeah. step up in the haunting is the rocking chair's moving. Right. After that, we get introduced to another recurring theme. They said the DeFeo kid shot his family at 3.15. Yep. The next scene after the rocking chair going by itself, George wakes up at 3.15. Yeah. And I guess he thought he was hearing things outside, so he goes out. First off, when did they get a dog? I think they always had the dog. <laughs> no, because they showed the dog running around with the kids earlier. Okay, I just wasn't paying so the dog, attention. Yeah, so I the dog was there. I know, right? Same here. <laughs> yeah, I know. So the dog was there. Harry okay. the dog. Harry the dog. Ironic. Yeah. Uh, I like how he was like, you're some watchdog, because the dog didn't bark. The dog didn't hear anything. Yeah, right? So they go, I guess they do the rounds and check on everybody, everything. Um... They walk the property, and then George is inside. He's sitting down, getting ready to light a cigarette, and then there's this what cat. is the equivalent of my cat wanting to go outside, yep. this screeching, angry black cat. Which, I gotta say, I was in I was in the living room watching this. Mm-hmm. Pippi was in our bedroom, 
and my husband was in here with her and they could hear the noise out there in the living room. <laughs> and I guess her head just like, he said, just like snapped. Oh, yeah. Kind of like, what the hell was that? Enemy in the state. Exactly. Yes. And so. And see, I was really surprised because my dog Gibson, he's our, our alert. He's right. our watchdog. He hears stuff like four houses down. Nice. He didn't even roll over on the couch. <laughs> he was just, yeah, whatever. Right. But I think it's because he's used to my cat, you know, treating him that way. That was not the jump scare. Really? That's not what got me. It's later. So, creepy cat. You know, George realizes there's no actual threat, and I guess he goes back to sleep, right? And then the next thing we see is in the morning, it's almost like a compulsive wood chopping. He doesn't hear anyone approach him. He's just swinging that axe. Mm Mm-hmm. And what is with the fake Catholic school school girl uniform? What is that? I don't know. I would rather see her in like a knit bodysuit <laughs> than like a fake school yeah. girl. Uh, yeah, skirt. I didn't get that either. Yeah. I was okay. like, is she a teacher at a Catholic school? <laughs> She's not. Not knees, Sean. That's true. <laughs> I liked how she got like kind of mad at him because she dro- accidentally drops the groceries. And then she goes over there yeah. and he like kind of freaks out on her. Like, don't ever... Sneak like, up on me while I'm holding an axe. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Which I can understand. See, right. that's not where his behavior, I noticed, the change yet. It's yeah. It's just the compulsive wood chopping, but once right. he's engaging. Because I can remember my dad... We live out in the sticks. My right. dad used to chop wood. And he would tell me, you don't get to stand behind me, you don't get to stand out of my eye line. Right. And I was like, oh, in case of flying wood, he goes, no, in case of flying axe head. Exactly. Because apparently you never know. Yeah. It could happen. So... After that, we get introduced by Amy to Jody. Which, okay. I feel like this girl would be too old for, like... An imaginary Yeah. Thing. I kind of think so, too, because I'm not sure how old she's supposed to be in the movie. I feel like she's six or seven. Some Maybe. six or seven-year-olds probably still have an imaginary friend. But I feel like it usually starts out earlier than that. It probably does. Like, I didn't... I used to make fun of the kids that had imaginary friends. Because you're an awful person. I am. <laughs> I just used to think well, that I mean, those you, kids were sad. <laughs> you also got to think about it, too. She, her parents got a divorce when she was probably oh, really true. small. And now mom's remarried, which yeah. is a new change. And now they're in a new house, which is a new change. Yeah. And let's be real, the house is freaking haunted. It is. So, lots of changes. Imaginary friends, I wouldn't say, would be too far out of her yeah. realm, especially if she was doing a little bit of regression. Yeah, I guess so. There's my shrink talk for the day. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Internet. Exactly. Um, but she, this is where she starts talking about Jody, and Jody wants her to play together forever. Which is... That starts getting creepy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what do you mean forever? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... We find out George is pissed because Aunt Helena is coming. Yeah. Okay. Which, what the hell with all these, like, nuns and priests and shit? Catholic families are big. I know, I but... I mean, if you have enough kids, one of them's going into the church. I guess. But, yeah, so he's not happy that she's coming. <laughs> okay. And so she ends up showing up. Mm-hmm. Coming, uh, at this point, I believe the parents are still upstairs. They basically tell the boys, like, you know, go down there, let her in. We'll be down mm-hmm. in a few minutes. Yeah. And so, you know, the the two boys let her in. And she, They're like... complaining because yeah. she pinches me. Oh, that's true. Yep. That is true. And sure enough, she comes in and starts pinching their cheeks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But she, like, immediately gets sick. 
Yeah, she didn't even make it past no. the foyer. And, like, the woman, Kathy's, like, trying to get her to stay. I got your tea. Come sit down. Come rest. And she's like, I, I gotta you, go. I gotta go. Was, that would have been great if she said F you, though. <laughs> that would have made it even better. Right? So, she hightails it. And she gets, like, like viciously sick. Viciously I mean, like, sick, like vomiting. On the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. And then it cuts back. George still can't get warm. Right. He's still freezing. That's why he's always chopping the wood. And then he has some performance issues. Yeah. Darn. He's like, you know, she's like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. It happens sometimes. And he's like, well, not with me. And she's like, and basically she's like, dude, write a check. You can cash it later. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. So that kind of moves into the, what is it like that night or the next night, all of a sudden, Kathy shoots out of a dream. Yeah. Around 3.15. At 3.15. Yep. And she's She was screaming. shot in the head. Yeah. First off, you do that to me, and I'm, I'm, gonna... I'm a dead sleep, you're getting punched in the throat. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, and it's not even going to be malicious. It's going to yeah. be like, ah! Pow! Yeah, exactly. Like, that's how fast it's happening. Exactly. Um, But yeah, she, you know, they shot her in the head, and she's, it's like, okay... She's sleeping in a bed in the same room, probably on this, if I'm remembering correctly, the same side of the bed and also, as the mother who was killed. Not only that, but I'm pretty sure it was the same bed frame. Because remember, they they got to keep... The realtor said, yeah, make an offer on make anything Make an offer you want. on anything you want. And I feel like that was the same like bed and stuff. Which, fuck that, man. I'm not sleeping in that stuff. You're moving into the house of a murder victim. Right. Victims. And you're going to start using their stuff. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah, pass. I'm good. Thank I'm going to sleep on the floor. If I have to live in this house, I'm sleeping on the floor and not in their... You I wouldn't even sleep friends. in the damn house, but that's just me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then uh, that was 3.15. And then what it shows, like the next day, the yeah. priest are in the car. Mm-hmm. And they lose control of the car. Oh, yeah. Like. Like straight on, head on collision type stuff. It kind of reminded me of the scene in Tommy Boy whenever, <laughs> when Tommy had like left the can of oil and so the top flew open as they were driving. Did you ever see that movie? I did, but it's been so long. Oh, I we think have I to... saw it at your house, like your mom's house. Like, yeah, that's like whenever we were. That's one movie we're going to watch at some point on the podcast. It's on the list. We have to. Don't worry, you guys. It's on the list. It's on the list. Okay. okay. But so that's what happened in the scene. But it just kind of reminded me of that because out of nowhere, the um, the hood of the car just pop, flies up, flies so, they up so they can't see. And then the wheel locks up, and you see both of them trying to, like, pull on it and figure out what the hell is happening to exactly. it. Exactly. Um, they survive. Yes. The priest and the younger priest. Yep. And... Can I just say the younger priest was kind of cute? I mean, in a 70s... In a 1970s yeah, way, 70s way. He was acceptable. He was kind of a douche, though. No, that's true. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't trying to be, but <laughs> he was. Yeah. Uh, from there, we get into Kathy's little brother's wedding. Right. Okay. And so, yeah, so he's getting married, and they're getting, he's getting ready at the house. Yeah. And stuff like that. And, and you can tell. he's counting that cash. He's counting the cash. Because he's, he's got to have X amount of money for the caterer, mm-hmm. cash only type of right. thing. Right, yeah. And so, you know, of course, he's freaking out. You know, he's nervous. This is wedding day. Right. That kind of stuff. 
George comes in. You can tell he still isn't looking great. I gotta pause you before we talk about George and the little brother. We gotta talk about the babysitter. That's like wow, that's some headgear. Yeah, like, I know. This is 1970s orthodontics. <laughs> like, dude, we've come a far, a long way. Yeah, there orthodontics was wise. That poor child needed some Invisalign or something. I, I felt know. so bad for her already. I know. First off, the headgear, and now she's got to watch this, you know, sick little kid yeah. all night long. Yep. Okay. That's Sorry. true. I forgot about that, <laughs> to be honest. She walked in. I'm like, what the hell is that? Exactly. And then I looked it up later because you know me and Google. And I'm like, oh, my God, those are braces? You didn't know that? No. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, I knew that about, much. I like, headgear and stuff. But I never actually saw, saw one. <laughs> what it looked like. And I worked for a dentist. Wow. At one point. so. Well, Invisalign, baby. Invisalign. Heck, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now we're back to George. Back to George. Kathy coming downstairs. Yeah. And like I said, George is still not He's looking great. just looking worse and worse. Yeah. His color's getting worse. He's getting short-tempered with people. Right. Yeah. And then... The brother... They, they show the brother yeah. and he ends up, like, instantly losing the money. As soon as they put their coats on, it's Exactly. Gone. Which, you yeah. know, that's the house. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, nobody else has noticed it yet, but yes, the yeah. house ate the money. Somehow. <laughs> I'd be beating the floorboards, give me back my $1,500. Right? that's a lot of money, even today. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. Well, I mean, it is for me, because I'm usually broke yeah. all the time. But... Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a chunk of change. Right. So, it turns out they're in a hurry, they're already late, George says, I'll cut you the check. Right. Problem is, so, wedding happens, it's a very brief... You know, they don't really show much. They show, like, the reception. Yeah, it's the reception. Because George is sick in the bathroom, and the caterer is like, no, dude, I said cash. Yeah. It's like, because checks bounce, people mm -hmm. cancel them, I want cash. Right. And then that's whenever... Which I get. Yeah, I get that, too. But that's whenever George basically goes off on them. Yep. And is like, you know, well, first of all, I don't appreciate being accosted, basically, in the men's room. Right. Number one. And number two, basically, you're taking the check. Yeah. You're okay. taking your check or you're not getting anything. Exactly. It's kind of how it, it washes out. Right. So, from there, we see this poor babysitter. So, she, you know, she tucks in Amy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And Amy's complaining because she doesn't want to go to bed. Right. Which all kids do. Exactly. And so, how does she... She mentions Jody again. Yeah. I can't remember the exact context, but she mentions Jody again. And then, for some reason, the sitter is in the closet. It's, see, and I couldn't remember why she ended up in the closet. She was looking for something. Right. So anyway, so she's in the closet. Of course, the door automatically shuts. And she starts, does it you know. Does slam shut behind her or does it just close? No, I think it slams shut. I think so too. Because that's it, where she starts kind of freaking, freaking out. out. Yeah. So at that point, she's, and if you look at her knuckles, she's pounding on the door. Mm -hmm. Her her knuckles are bleeding. she's screaming at Amy. Yeah. Yeah, she's bleeding all over the door. And it cuts to Amy just sitting in the bed, staring out into space. Right. Not moving, not doing anything, not saying a word. Exactly. Creepy little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these movies always have to have a creepy little kid. It was almost like a standard. It movie. is. But this one actually has a purpose. Well, even movies now, if you think about it, have, a lot always of them, have to yeah. have like a creepy ass kid. <laughs> Yep. Or a kid that knows too much, and of course nobody will like listen to him right. until it's too late. But, um, so yeah. yeah, so the parents show up, and they, you know, they hear the babysitter screaming in the closet. Right. Which, 
I think if it were me, I think I would probably, after a while, just, like, give up screaming in the in the closet. Well, I mean, who knows? She may have, like, heard them. Because well, that's, I think that's probably it true. it showed a shot of her where she's just kind of sitting there, and then she starts going again. Right. And then, of course, they run upstairs. Yeah. And then, of course, they get, they get mad at Amy, because it's like, why didn't you open the damn door? Right? I mean, that's what I... I a, I would be that, and yeah. B, it's like... I'd, I'd kind of, as a mom, not knowing the house is haunted, I'd right. look at the baby and sitter and just be like, what the, how on earth did I think you were suitable to do this? Oh, <laughs> it's <laughs> if not. If you can't get yourself out of a closet and the door is opening and closing well, freely. I guess, yeah, if, it, if you didn't know that there was like a supernatural type thing. Yeah, that's what uh, I mean. I get what you're saying. Like, you, think of it from the point of view where we didn't know what was going on right. in the house. That's true. You walk in and the babysitter is screaming and hysterical. She can't get the door open. Right. When all they have to do is literally just open turn the, the door. knob and yeah. it's right open. Because even George was like, this door doesn't lock. Yeah. So that ends. I guess they end up sending the babysitter home and everything. Right. Get the kids to bed. And we cut to the priest meeting in the clergy, in the rectory. Yeah. So, this is where the young priest is kind of his douchebag self. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because he was in the car, he experienced what he experienced with the older priest. Yeah, and the older priest is basically saying, like, they need, this family they need needs help. help. There's yeah. something wrong. Right. And then the young guy looks at the, I guess he was a bishop or something. Yeah. It's... You're Catholic, you know what. Well, it's been a while. Charge. Anyway. Uh... And this is where he chokes. Instead of actually going, yeah, this is what happened. Right. He's like, well, the wheel locked up. Yeah. And then that's all he really... And that's he was all the... the one that was driving the car. I know, right? So it's like, dude, you were there. Yeah. I guess he just, he just couldn't believe it or whatever. Maybe he thought that the older... Even though he experienced the whole... You know, locking the entire up. Thing. Yeah, yeah, but maybe he just thought that the older priest was, you know, becoming a little bit more senile or something. Like maybe he, maybe yeah. he just didn't want to like believe, you mm-hmm. know, or he was just too scared to disagree with basically yeah. somebody who was his both of their bosses. Well, I guess that's true too. So, find out the priest is trying to get you know the church involved to help these families right. and the other you know his boss and the priest that's younger than him are like, no, yeah, there's no reason. All right. And then what I thought was really interesting was when. George's business partner and his wife. Yeah. And she got out of the car and she just got back in the car. Yeah. That she, would be me. Yeah. She had, the, she had the heebie-jeebies for sure. She got the heebie-jeebies and she turned around and they, she went home. She wouldn't even go anywhere. Right. Uh, he has to walk the checks from the business back to George, who is once again yeah, chopping wood. Exactly. Uh, and he's basically like, you know, hey, George, no one has seen you for a while. you got to <laughs> sign these payroll checks. you got to, you know, what are you doing? Right. Uh, some caterer is calling about a bounce check. Yeah. And Which is what the freaking caterer was worried about. Right. Bounce checks. And you're seeing that it's it's kind of setting up what's still happening outside of the house. Yeah. So it's kind of, okay, you know, his business is starting to fail because he's not taking care of it and people aren't getting paid and he's owing everybody money type thing. And in the process of snapping at this business partner, the, you know, don't you have any good news? 
well, I brought the headlamp for your boat, and it's like instant change. Yeah, exactly. Is that bipolar much? That just sounds like something a guy would do. Sorry. Right? Like, it's pick like... a fight, pick a fight. Ooh, shiny. Yeah, like... exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, they go off, and I guess they do that. Next thing I remember is that window slamming shut on, I guess he's the younger son's hand, so I guess it was Daniel. What's the character's name, I think? No, it was Greg and some other name. I don't remember the kid's name. It was Greg in the yeah, movie. Yeah, it was Greg Daniel in the movie. Because Daniel is the actual right. kid. Okay. Well, and I'm sorry, that kid in, in the movie at least deserved it. That was some karma, bitch. Because he was trying... That's right, he had the fishing pole. Yeah, he was, he was trying... Yeah, he was messing with his sister, who, of course, was talking to Jody and all of her other dolls and shit. Oh, dude, you know what just clicked? What? Jody's probably one that slammed the window. Yeah, probably. Because he was bothering the little sister. Yep. Things that occur to me. And so, yeah, that's just it. So it slams on his hands. The mom's trying to, you know, get Everyone's the... Everybody trying is trying to get this open. window open. And I guess they eventually did. I know, the next it doesn't scene, show that they did. Right. But they show him, you know, leaving the hospital. And apparently at least a bone is broken. No, none of the bones were broken. That's what was so odd. Oh. Because it slammed shut, but it's like it just, like, cut him up and, and yeah. like, pinched his hand. But it didn't break anything. And right. everybody was really surprised by that. Yeah. Which I think kind of supports the Jody theory. Yeah. Because even if she's a ghost holding the window shut, <laughs> she's still like a little kid ghost as far as we know. Yeah. So it didn't slam down hard enough to break any bones. I don't know though, man. That looked like it was pretty it damn hard. It should have broken bones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why everyone was so surprised about it. Right. And so they get home and... This gets on my nerves. Kathy and George are in bed, right? Right. They're both sleeping, quote unquote, sleeping. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, she gets up, and she's, George, are you awake? Isn't no. Isn't it weird that none of his bones are broken? Why are you still talking to him? He's not moving. Yeah. He's asleep. No, yeah. I'm not awake, bitch. I'm still asleep. <laughs> but, you know, she's, like, talking. She, I guess she's, like, trying to get him to wake up and talk to her. Right. It's like... That's what my Labrador does at 3 a.m. when he's lonely. Aww. Like, go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> go to bed. Well, um, and here's my question. Yeah. Like, all this stuff is starting to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I understand, like, at this point, they're probably not like, oh, it's ghosts or, you know, evil. Well, I mean, they don't know anything that's going on with the priest and, and yeah, stuff like true. that. But weird stuff's happening. Weird stuff's happening. Why are the kids still in the house? Because they're upside down and they don't have anywhere to send the children. That's whenever you send them with, like, friends or something. Well, apparently... Other relatives? George is not real popular, so they probably can't do anything there. Yeah. And the only other relative we ever see besides the little brother is Aunt Helena, who the children hate anyway. Yeah, but... I don't know. If it were me, I'd figure out something. Yeah. Because it's not like these things are spaced out over time. They're happening... I mean, this family was gone in, what, 28 days? Yeah, I don't even think they made it like a full month. No, it was 28 or 21. It was like 20-something days, yeah. and they were done. So that got on my nerves. Yeah. And then the door, like, explodes off the house. Yeah, it's like windy and shit, and it expl- like you said, explodes off the house. That was actually done pretty well. Yeah. I like how yeah. they did that. <laughs> and then, uh, so the police come out, and the previous inspector... The guy that was there at the original murders, he shows up. And I love his reaction because one of the deputies like, Sarge, what are you doing here? He's like, I have insomnia. I'm like, dumbass, why do you think I'm here? Yeah, right? I just love that. 
Is it weird, like, as a homeowner, I wouldn't think to call the police because, you know, like... Something exploded your door? Yeah. You call it, I'd call a priest. <laughs> yeah. I just... I mean, unless I heard somebody throw something at the house or something to cause well, an explosion. Well, that may be what they thought happened. Yeah. Because we see it explode from the inside of the house outward. They right. may have thought somebody was trying to get in. Right. So they called the cops thinking there was some kind of intruder. Which we find out is what George actually thought... So they go walking around the house, and the inspector is the one that's like, mm, no. Because right. he's the one that's like, no, your doors are kicked out, not in. Right. Type thing. So there goes that. And then we get back to the creepy little girl. Because now Jody is talking to her about a dead boy that used to live in her room. <laughs> that's when Nikki moves. Yeah. Like, I'm not staying here anymore, guys. Yeah. It's not fun anymore. Exactly. And then we get into... George, the partner, and the wife are looking at the house. Yeah. Well, I think we missed the scene whenever he meets the partner at the bar. And, like, throws a punch? He meets him at the bar, yeah, throws a punch. Mm -hmm. But the bartender is like, you know, gosh, you you look like the You look like that guy that killed his whole family. Yeah. Yeah. And he was sitting, actually, in that spot spot. whenever he was arrested. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten yeah. about that. And then, At least that's what happened in, you know, mm-hmm. in the story or whatever. I don't think that actually happened. And then the business partner is being such a dude. He's like, I told you you were in over your head. You know, a dame with three kids already in a big house. You know, right. you can't handle this. And it's like, he, I guess he's it's a bro thing. He's trying to look out yeah. for his boy. But at the same time, it's like, dude, don't be a jerk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's too late now. So... The three of them go and start looking up stuff in the library. Right. And I think it's the partner's wife. What is her name? Like Linda or Karen or something? Some 70s name. Yeah, it's, one, it's just a regular common name for them. Yeah. Um, she figures out that the house is built on a burial ground. Of course it is. And cause she says she's so sensitive ground. to this stuff. Right. So she's like got it in her head. And then we're back with Kathy and Amy and Jody. This is the sequence that really creeped me out when I was watching it. Caroline. 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 That's what it was. I was way off. Yeah. So, Kathy's there with Amy, and she walks in because she hears her singing in her room. And she opens the door, and she's like, who are you singing to? And she's like, Jody. And so her mom's playing along with her daughter's imaginary friend. What you don't, what she doesn't see, what we see as the audience is the little girls in her little rocking chair and the empty rocking chair is rocking with her. Yeah, it's like, no thank you. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. Time to go. Yep. Punch my ticket, we're not staying. And then, you know, Jody flew out the window. So she gets up and goes to the window. And this is where the jump scare got me because I didn't oh, really? see it coming. Oh. The two eyes yeah. outside the window because that's one of my greatest fears because my mother gave it to me. Like, opening the door and somebody being on the other side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just the eyes and peering out from the dark. Yeah. From a second-story window. Right. They got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was unexpected. They got me. Exactly. Um, because what did she have to go do? Close the effing window again. Um, and then if it becomes unnailed somehow, that's when you know to move, for That's sure. when you know, yeah. If you didn't have enough reason, Exactly. Uh, so she freaks out. And I think at that point, George, the partner, and Caroline yeah, get they back. All, they all get back. And next thing you know, everybody's hanging out in the basement, beating on a brick wall. Yeah. Which, yeah. 
like they Carolyn feels like these bad vibes or whatever. So she's feeling these bad vibes. Why are we beating down this she's wall? She's the midget like psychic lady from yeah. Culture Guys, but like the diet version. Yeah. So she's taller and she's not as good at it. That's true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's like kind of like, oh, I'm feeling bad vibes. Let's take down this wall and see what's behind it. Yeah, no, that's when you just quietly exit and then you go find someone who knows what they're doing. Right. Where's Ed and Lorraine when you need them? That's true. They're not there yet. No. They eventually actually went. Yeah. And Okay. We'll get mind. into that. We'll get into that later. So then they're running through the house and they see the cross that they hung on the wall at the beginning is upside down. Which from all of the Ed and Lorraine movies, we all know that's some bad stuff. That's some stuff. bad stuff. And then I have... That's whenever he picks... Oh, and the burns. Yeah. No, but he also, he picks it up and kind of cleans off, cleans it off. That's right. The, and, and then they're he, trying to walk around the house Yeah. And then Kathy is the yes. one that ends up, are they burns or, boy, it looks like blisters. That's just it. We don't, yeah, I'm assuming they're just blisters. Yeah. Some from... sort of skin condition. <laughs> yeah. That didn't exist two minutes before she picked the cross back exactly. up off the floor. Right. And, you know, in the midst of that chaos, it cuts back to the priest who's trying to help the family. Right. And I don't know if he's giving, like, a sermon or practicing or if they're just doing, like, daily prayers. Right. But he starts seeing one of these sculptures that's at the top of the rectory yep. crumbling and falling apart. Right. And then he goes blind. Yeah. Straight up. Like, I can't well, see. I can't see. I'm, you know, I'm blind. Yeah. And Which he's reacting a lot better than I would be if out of nowhere I ended up blind. Yeah. I'd be freaking out if all well, of a sudden I'm blind. I'm wondering if this is not meant to be a pun. I'm wondering if you saw it coming. <laughs> like if <laughs> I, re- I know what it sounds like as yeah. soon as it was coming out of my mouth. But you yeah. know what I mean, right? Right. Like, you know, he's probably digging up all this, you know, occult, demonic information because he's trying to help this family. Right. And so what do they do? They take away his eyesight. Yeah. So. Uh, then we jump back. Kathy has another nightmare. Wait. When that? when did Carolyn, after they beat down the wall, she starts talking like in a gruff-ass voice? Oh, that's when they beat the wall down. Well, yeah, but we didn't say that. Well, okay. So before the burning burns and the cross falling off the wall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Carolyn's either got a really great bass voice. Right. Or... Like something is talking through her. But it makes me wonder, is it like a demon talking through her? Or is it something that's trying to warn them? Because she says, it's in the well, seal the well. Right. I never saw a well that entire film. <laughs> I know, right? So I'm like, it's still open. What are we doing? Yeah. Um. But yeah, you're right. She does like that really deep, demonic voice. Yeah. And what I thought was really cool is, you don't see anything behind the wall. Right. But you don't realize there's nothing there because when the camera is focused back at them, mm-hmm. you see George's face just like utter complete terror and shock. Yeah, so it's like he saw something. He saw something, and then it kind of like explains it a little bit because it throws his face up in like this mist or something. I actually have a fun fact because whenever he's looking at the wall and you see it's supposed, to, it almost looks like it's him. Yeah. That was actually. Uh, his his brother in real life, that face that he saw yeah. was actually his own brother, and they just put you know like a beard on which yep. brother. I don't know the guy's name. Oh, okay, just his brother. 
in real life. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. Uh, and then she does the same thing. She goes to that utter slack terror, and then she gives, like, the man voice going. Right. Uh, and then that's when, like, everyone's trying to, like, run out of the house. Mm-hmm. And then we get the cross upside down. Right. And the burns all over Kathy. Yeah. Uh, where'd we go? Oh, so the priest loses his sight after that. And then Kathy's second nightmare, I was kind of far more impressed with. Really? Yeah. Because the first one, she just, like, sits bolt upright in bed and, you know, she's shot in the head. Yeah. And then this one, she watches, she steps into Amy's room. George has already killed her with an axe. Yeah. And then he comes at her and he splits her head open with Right. Uh, gore, that's probably the most gore you see in this whole film. That's true. That is true. Yeah, that's like the, the entire film, actually. That's where you see the most visual effect. Right. Um... And then George had been stumbling around at night in the dark, and he tripped, but when Kathy is looking at his ankle, it looks like he was bit by something. Oh, see, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. And see, when I saw that, my first thing was, where's the dog? Oh, yeah. Like, did he, you know, some, because the dog is, like, constantly digging at this wall. Right. And, uh, there was blood on his paws at one point, yeah. so I guess it, like, ripped a nail or something, because the partner was, like, washing him off. Right. When, uh, he and Carolyn were there. But you listen to your dogs, guys, because... They know shit. They do. <laughs> they know shit. They see it coming. Yeah. Um, but basically, they start arguing. But I was like, where's the dog? He killed the dog. That was my first thought when she I said, know. these are teeth marks. I'm like, okay, he took out the dog. I'm like, damn because it. Because the dog's been the alarm system the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if a demon wants to take over a family and kill people, it's not going to work if the dog is barking in the background. Have you ever tried to sleep with your neighbor's dog barking in the background? Oh, that's true. Uh, and in the midst of the argument, George smacks Kathy and busts her nose. Yeah, that pissed me off, by the way. Yeah. I was not happy about that. Scene in the movie. I know. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and I'm like, ooh. They don't even really show that anymore. Mm-mm. Have you noticed that? Like in the movies yeah. and stuff, they don't really show women being hit anymore. Yeah, that's true. So that kind of caught me off guard, mm-hmm. and I kind of had that same cringe that you're talking yeah. about. And so it's the next day, mm-hmm. and she actually goes to uh, talk to the priest, because the priest yeah. was also like a psychiatrist. Yeah. And stuff like that. And so I think that she... So that she... that she may have had some issues. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's wanting to talk to the priest, and I believe that's whenever she started talking to the um, the detective guy. She never talked to the detective, I don't think. Okay. Um, she talked to Father Douchebag. Yeah. Because I can't remember what his, his name was, but you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, the young, the young guy. And he's like, you know, no, he's on a vacation, he grew ill, uh, he's resting, relaxing, whatever may have you. All right. Uh, the investigator was watching her. Right. So she left and That's he what goes was, to yeah. talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. And then he ends up following the priest, Father Douchebag, to uh, the priest who was trying to help the family. Turns out, he's not just ill, he's completely catatonic. Yeah. He's like, no responses. That's really the last time we see the priest, I think. It is. That's the last we see of the priest who was trying to help them. Yeah. And then it shows it shows her, and she's at, I guess it's like the library. 
or back when microfilm was a thing. Right, when microfilm mm-hmm. was a thing, and so he, the guy's showing her how to you know use it and stuff like that. Yep. Um, this is the day after you know the murders and stuff. So just go from here and find what right. You need. Yeah. And so she's you know sorting through. She's going through it, and then that's whenever she sees that sure enough. The guy that killed his family looks exactly like George. And I couldn't catch the headline. Did you? I know. Something okay. about, I'm sure, like... I mean, it was a murder of a family, but I can't remember if it was, like, the DeFeo murders with the shotgun, See, or I, if it was, like... I don't think it... I don't think the name... Instead of the old family, if it was, like, his face and, like, what he was going to do. See, I don't think it was anything like that, and I okay. don't think they mentioned the DeFeos at all. They never did, but y- so, we both know. I think it probably just about. was like a generic, like, you know, five family members murder, or, you like know, that. something like yeah. that. And so, at that point, so she sees the face and freaks out. Right, because and at then, this point, she's picked up, it's the house. Yeah. There's something in the house. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. you see her race off, which, how long was she gone for? Because... It shows her, it's like the middle of the day, she sees that, she races off, and then they show George, Mm -hmm. and it's like nighttime, and he's got the axe. Yeah. He's got the axe, and... Well, she went upstairs to the kids initially, because they all ended up in the bathroom. Well, that's that's just it, though. So all the kids are in the bathroom, he's got the axe, he's trying to get Amy to come out. Oh, because he started in her room. Right. So, he's trying to get Amy to come out. All the kids are in the bathroom scared. Mm-hmm. And then, finally, the mom shows up. But by then, it's, like, dark, like, pitch black mm-hmm. and raining and stuff like that. I'm like, how far was this library? Because, <laughs> yeah, like, seriously, it was, like, they showed her driving. And, of course, she's scared, freaked out and stuff like that. Right. It's bright. You know, everything's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's not like dusk where the sun right. is kind of starting to set. So, like, a 20, 30-minute drive exactly. is dark. Exactly. It's like... Like I said, time. where... Like it's, it's mid-afternoon. Yeah, it's yeah. like, where the hell is this library? <laughs> Boston. Yeah, um, exactly. What I thought was really interesting on that sequence is she grabs George, and he basically almost chops her in half, but when she falls on the floor right before he don't swings ki- the axe, you know, Don't hurt my children. Yeah. Right before that axe hits the floor next to her, mm-hmm. they did something to her face. Did you notice that? Yeah. They made it almost look older. Like an old woman. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, I'm glad I wasn't seeing things. No. No, I, I noticed that. But it that. was one of those, like, it's one of those creepy, subtle things mm-hmm. that they've done in this movie that they just do so much of. Right. And it's done so well. It's just like a split-second shot of, like, old woman Kathy. Right. Type face. And then the axe hits the floor and she starts the crying. Yeah. Okay. And then, but that's like whenever he kind of snaps out of it though. He does. He snaps out of it, but then the house starts bleeding. Yeah. Which, if oh God. If you needed like a for sure, this is not a good place to live, bleeding stairs. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. So that was their cue. Okay. We got to get out of here. Never mind the fact that something's been gnawing on your family and it's... slowly freezing your husband out. Yeah. No, it's the bleeding stairs that finally put it to you. Right. And what I thought was kind of weird, okay, so they get the kids out of the bathroom. And right. then, like you said, like, okay, the stairs and stuff are bleeding. Stairs, walls, like everything. Everything is bleeding. Okay, why is the mom carrying the little girl and not the dad? Good question. Like... If it's but be me, real, if he's if you hear him looking for your daughter and he's no. just snapped out of the crazy, would you want him to carry your daughter? Probably, because that that kid's heavy. 
Like, here. You well, take her. Well, may not have let her put her down once she picked her up. Yeah, maybe. Because, I mean, it could have been a situation of she may not have gone to him if she was afraid. I guess that's true. So, anyway, so they're running yeah. down the stairs. The kids are basically falling down the stairs because of all the blood. And, yeah, you know, everyone is screaming. Of everyone course. is crying. You know, they're chipping outside and stuff like that. They get into the van. Mass exodus. Yes. <laughs> and so, what's her name? Uh, Kathy... You know, because she was the one who drove the van last. It's like, oh, God, where's, you know, where's, where's the, keys? the keys, of course. And I'm thinking keys are in the house. Yeah. And then, which, excuse me, when she pulls them out of her pocket, I'm like, oh, okay, no one's going back. Right. Freaking Amy. Yeah. I wish Harry were with us. I'm not going to lie. I would have wanted to save my dog, too. Yeah. But at the same time, if you've got three kids in the car, you... Pop open the side of the van and you call from the side of the road. You don't go back inside the demon house. No, I guess. I mean, that's like people who, like, cause accidents because they don't want to <laughs> run over a squirrel. Well. Like, I don't want to kill them either, but if it's kill the squirrel or get into a four-car pileup, squirrel's dead. At least they parked the van further down the road, though, so that the dad went that's and true. got, you know, so at least the kids were technically out of harm's way. So anyway, yeah, so, so he hops out of the car and Kathy's freaking out. What are you doing? Because she's thinking like I am. Right. <laughs> and I'm thinking like George. I right. gotta go save the dog. See, you're not dead inside. I love animals. It's the animals that I love. The people, <laughs> people annoy people me. People suck. But yeah, animals. Yeah, I'll make an exception for an animal. Okay. So he goes back for Harry, and he ends up falling through the basement stairs yep. into this puddle of like mud and blood i guess i guess which that was the same stuff that was coming out of the toilets and when the, the stuff aunt that was coming out of the walls yep that the aunt yeah whatever the aunt showed so up bad because they were all constantly smelling bad that was why they the sent the kids down because they were trying to deal with whatever with the toilet with the toilet situation. situation so he's trying to fight his way out of this stuff so i guess it's like weighing him down really bad or something's right. pulling on his ankles here comes harry the hero dog he I goes know. From Cujo to Lassie, because yep. he, like, goes after George for that's the first just, couple minutes. Because that's just it. At first it was like, yeah, I didn't know if the dog was just going to, like, attack him. That's what it looked like he was yeah, doing. Yeah, at first and it was. And then it yeah. was, like I said, Cujo to Lassie. Yeah, it's like, no, he, he was <laughs> able to pull him out. George fell in the hell pit. Yeah. <laughs> the hell pit. <laughs> that's what it was. Well, that's true. Um, so, yay on Harry. Yay. So then George picks him up, carries him up the stairs, yep. over the hole that had he'd fallen through. Yeah, which was pretty impressive that he was able to get over that hole, by the way. Right. Without it, without the rest like of the stairs. two or three steps just gone. Yeah. And, and he did it carrying a dog. Yeah, that dog looked, uh, it was over 50 pounds. Easy. Yeah. I mean, that dog was about the pippy size. Yeah. And she's sitting on the bed across from me. She is, what, 45, 50 pounds? No, she's like 68. Holy crap, really? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, she, that dog was about Pippi's size, just yeah. less, not as tall, I guess. Right. Um. And then they all get in the van and drive away, and you see in that last tile, they never yeah. came back to the house. Right. They left all their stuff and didn't come back. Exactly. Which I kind of, I kind of wish I would that, do at that point. Well, I wouldn't have stayed as long as they did to begin yeah. with. I wouldn't have moved into the murder house. I kind of wish that the ending had been, I mean... It was just kind of anticlimactic. I mean, you find out, like, okay, they don't come back. But I kind of wanted something what? a little bit more. Yeah. Well, that kind of fades into... This is where it starts crossing into the real realm. Yeah. Because, of course, 
Um, I've got, I've, you know me and Google. I've been all yeah. over this thing. So before we get into all the extra stuff that you and I like to get into, right? Let's go ahead and give it a rating. How many open windows would you give this film? Open windows. <laughs> nice. I'll give it three. Three out of five. You know, I'm gonna give it a four and a half out of five. Like Whoa. three, four open windows and four like open maybe windows. a cracked window as well. A smashed hand. Smash hand, yes. Yeah. That's what we should have rated it on. Smash how many hands. <laughs> how many children smashed hands? Oh, damn. No, uh open window. So like four and a half. Okay. Because for nineteen seventy nine they didn't they had gore but they didn't abuse it. Right. As weird as that sounds. Yeah. Um, and they had that really good slow burn mm-hmm. sort of build where by the time you get to the end, you're like, why are you still there? Exactly. You saw the fire coming. <laughs> why are you burned up? Exactly. Uh, so you're three, I'm four and a half. I went to Rotten Tomatoes after I watched the movie. Okay. And I did do a little compare and contrast between the remake and the original. Okay. So the 1979 version on Rotten Tomatoes only has 31%. That's bullshit. Well, it's still beating out the 05 remake. They're down to 24. Oh, damn. People are, like, hard on horror movies, though. Oh, that's true. Like, you have to be, like, creepy, gross. You have to have that whole full package. Or people just, like, snub their nose at it. So I'm not super shocked. Right. On IMDb, Uh the original was a 6.2. Okay. The remake was like a 5.9. So they're closer on IMDb than they are on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's just people are Ryan Reynolds fans. Well, I mean, Deadpool. Well, I mean, I love Ryan Reynolds, too, <laughs> as an actor. I just didn't like I love that Ryan version Reynolds of it. I an actor, but yes, while I recognize he is Deadpool, he was Green Lantern first. Yeah. I mean, that's be wrong. That sucked. Everyone makes mistakes. But anyway, so <laughs> then I looked some stuff up. Okay. So, for the 1979, the original version, they made it for, like, less than $5 million. They grossed 86. Nice. Uh, 86 million, 432. Wow. 400,000. Okay. Hold on. You I gotta count math. my commas. I can't math. <laughs> they grossed 86 million, 432,000. Okay. That's what I was trying to get out. Right. Now... Everyone knows this isn't just a film and a remake. There's a franchise. Oh, yeah, of course. There are several Amityville horror films, but the main five that are considered within the same franchise, they grossed in total between the five films $220,584,075. Wow. Yeah. I'd take it. Yeah. If you offered me that kind of money, you'd never see my fat ass again. Right. Um. So... Just that alone is a pretty staggering number, considering it's not a super popular franchise. Right. Um, every, but everyone is so skeptical exactly. when there's a horror movie franchise. That's true. So that I thought was pretty impressive. And there were like highs and lows. Um, the highest gross was the Ryan Reynolds remake. Second place was in 1979. Okay. Everybody else kind of fell below. Yeah. Typical. And there's one that didn't even make $8 million in gross. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, uh, shocker, I've not seen it, so yeah, I doubt we're probably, anybody else did either. We're probably not going to watch any of those, actually. Right? Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, if we ever do a remake versus original, we might. Well, that, yeah, I just mean we're probably not going to watch, like, any of the sequel type stuff. Probably not. No. no. I mean, I've seen Amityville The Awakening. Oh, really? It was okay. Hmm. It was okay. Um, if it wasn't on sale, I wouldn't have even rented it. I wouldn't have even thought right. to look at it, to be honest with you, just this was, because. This was, like, Blockbuster Days. 
No, it was actually released a couple of years ago. Really? Yeah, it was huh. on Google. Google will every once in a while put something like on sale. Oh, okay. So if you're on with like in, within a certain time frame, you can get it super cheap before they jack the price back up. Right. So that's what I did. Now, if we're going to get into the actors themselves. Mm-hmm. James Brolin, big star before, big star after. 137 film appearances since 1961. Damn. Dude's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Margot Kidder. Dead. She did. She passed away May of this year. Yep. Now, she... I'd heard... I, I really only know her from Indiana Jones and Amityville. I've never watched the original Superman movies. Oh, okay. That I can remember. Yeah. But she worked consistently... Like, yeah. at least one to two or more projects a year, uh, every year. Yeah. I, every year. I mean, She's Lois done, Lane, was that was her, yeah, you know, claim role, to fame yeah. was Lois uh, Lane. 136 projects on film. And I read a little bit on her backstory. It said even as a yeah. child, she had mood swings. And work actually helped to balance her out. Yeah. So she worked constantly. Well, she had, I believe she was bipolar. She was, yeah. yeah. She only stepped away from film from 75 to 78 when she was married and being a mom and right. all that stuff. Now, her breakdown, I thought it was like back in her heyday. It was in 96. Right. So... She was being very paranoid. Her bipolar disorder was, I don't think, being being treated. It wasn't in check. Right. So she got a computer virus. She thought her ex-husband was trying to kill her and spying on her. So she tried to fake her death. And then she had an intervention, I guess. They got her into treatment, and then she became a campaign advocate for mental health. Until she passed away in May. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, that was considered suicide by... Uh, drugs and alcohol is what they ended up ruling it. That's really upsetting. I know. Because, I mean, she, like, okay, if I'm comparing apples to oranges in the same, well, not quite apples to oranges, maybe like grapes to raisins. Okay. Because what this movie gives me a parallel to was the first The Shining. Okay, yeah. You know, both ghost stories, like families in isolation. That's true. Margot Kidder. Awesome. Yeah. The mom in The Shining got on my damn nerves. I know. <laughs> she was useless. Yeah. She was screaming all the time. It's like, honey, you're gonna die anyway. Sit down. Yeah. But Margot Kidder was just awesome. Right. She was just really, really awesome. We actually almost had a Shining moment, if you think about it, whenever he started to try to take out the door with the axe. With the axe. And all I could think of was, here's Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> And then, of course, the bleeding walls and stairs. That's true. Then you got Red Rum yeah. and The Shining, and then the, what is it, the elevator that opens and yep. all that blood comes pouring out and all that stuff? Exactly. I might be getting my horror movies No, that's crossed. true. That's that's Shining. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Creepy Little Girls. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all there. It is. Uh, is, is it the same movie? No. no. It's not. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I do want to touch on the kids. So, um... Well, let's talk about, you know, good priests and Father Douchebag. Okay. So, Ron Steger played the older priest. Right. 148 projects on film, a lot of TV. Okay. The younger priest, Father Douchebag, was Don Stroud, 163 projects on film. Jeez. He was almost all TV. Right. Like, better than three-fourths of his stuff, it was all television spots. Okay. Now, getting into the kids, kids, Amy was played by Natasha Ryan. 
She was done with movies and films. She left the business in 1983. Okay. She did, I want to say, 25 that's, projects. Yeah, that's not bad which, for a kid. Which, for a kid, yeah. she's paid for her college. Right. See you later, honey. Enjoy. Yep. Uh, Greg was played by K.C. Martell. He was one of the older brothers in E.T., and his last project yep. was 1992. He had, I want to say, around 30 to 35 projects. Okay. The last one was Matt. Now, Casey's the one that got his hand smashed. Right. Okay. Now, Matt was played by Amino Palouse. I think I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Um, he worked until 85, and then nothing until 01, where he did another film, and then he is now married with two kids. I think he's also, like, a teacher or something now. I, I didn't see I, that in any of the stuff I found. Okay. I wasn't digging very deep at the time, right. but you know me. I like to breeze through. I'm pretty there. sure he just does, like, a regular, you know... A normal, like a regular yeah, job just now. a regular Joe job. Well, I mean, he also had between 30 and, I want to say close to 35 projects. So basically all three of these kids worked until they went to college. Yeah. And then they just never came back to the business. Yeah. So, I mean, hey. Hey, if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. Right. All right, you got any other good facts for us that we didn't share yet? Um, A couple. Okay. Uh, Margot Kidder said that this was actually her, um, that she hated this movie. <laughs> Did she really? Yeah. <laughs> but she was so good in it. I know. Did she say why? Not really. She just, she didn't like it. Hmm. And then. Not everybody likes horror movies. I guess, uh, James Brolin. He, um, he did spend time, I guess, with, you know, the real George Lutz and the kids. Mm -hmm. And even he said, even though he spent time with them, he still didn't quite believe, you know, their story. Yeah. Well, I do, I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh-huh. Daniel Lutz was the son that, uh, and the movie was portrayed by the name Greg. Okay. So the kid that got his hand smashed. Right. He actually came out in 2012 during a documentary and he actually spoke on this, I think, for the first time, really. And he said that it happened, it was real, but he blames George. Oh, that's He said okay. George was dabbling in the occult when they right. were in the house. That's why there will never be a Ouija board in yeah, the house. Yeah, no. Ouija boards are bad. Ouija boards are bad. Um, but he does blame the entire thing on George, you know, basically pucking around with... Right. Uh... The occult activity. So that's what he really blames. Uh, they described him as an angry 40-something chain smoker who drives a UPS truck. Nice. In Queens, New York. Nice. So that's all my stuff. What else you got? That's basically it. Basically it? That's it. Cool beans. Okay. So that is the wrap-up for the breakdown of the original 1979 Amityville Horror. And uh, what movie are we watching next week? Next week we are watching, we're doing the uh, one of our compare shows. Book versus movie. I still have to read the damn book, I guess. You probably should, it would help. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to tackle a dog's purpose. And we will see you guys next week. Alright, bye guys. Bye.